everyone remain calm. to the 44th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we are here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. I'm back from my recent vacation and now have another packed episode for you. In this episode, I've got a ton of news, a few clips to check out from the Jurassic World exhibition, a Jurassic Park nature documentary, a review of our recast Dodgson Bowl, and we'll close things out with a listener segment. Now, if you haven't checked it out yet, I've uploaded another commentary video for the most recent update to the Jurassic World 3D project. The most recent update has better lighting, new water effects, and the introduction of the old visitor center. Make sure to check out the commentary video before downloading version 0.2 on April 1st. So why don't we get this episode started with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access main program. Access main security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, we hate being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. While I was away, Jurassic World The Exhibition kicked off And from the looks of it, it impressed the people of Australia. Thankfully, it looks like everybody has really enjoyed the exhibition so far. Uh, But many people have been coming out saying it is a bit short and wished it was longer. From all the videos floating around, the uh, the animatronics look really good. The skins look great. uh, And the environments look really immersive. The initial embarkment onto the ferry looks pretty cool. And I saw that they, it looks like they time the onboard presentation, which really makes it look like you're on a ship heading towards Nublar. Um, the music crescendos and the doors open and you come across the park gates. It looks like a real highlight uh, for the event. Um, the T-Rex itself, while looking nothing like the, like the T-Rex from Jurassic World and Jurassic Park, it still looks like a great um, experience, that whole area there. Uh, the Indominus looks pretty awesome. Um, and that, I think that section really wraps up the exhibition. Um, it, you know, to me, when I'm watching the, the Indominus there, it didn't really sound like the Indominus at first. Uh, there's a few clips in there that sound like it, but mostly sounds like the T-Rex for some reason. I'm not sure whose uh, decision it was to use some of those clips. But otherwise, this thing, uh, the Indominus, it moved beautifully, and it looks near perfect. I can't really see any flaws it's one of the most impressive animatronics I've seen, um, you know, outside of the films. Uh, one of the cool aspects that they, uh, they included along with this exhibition is the inclusion of the story um, from start to finish. From what I can tell, it even looks like they weaved in and out, like weaved you in and out of the movie itself. Um, you could sort of hear little clips here and there. I feel like I heard somebody talking about Claire during the T-Rex scene. And uh, even during the Indominus scene, I heard screams. 
and uh, you could hear the InGen team along with Owen firing upon the uh, Indominus and the Raptors. So that was really cool. Um, and one of the most important parts for us here in the States is that, uh, according to Chris Likes Dinos on Twitter, uh, this thing is coming to Philadelphia next in about November. So I can guarantee a big meetup with all the Jurassic Park community when it comes around. Of course, we all know Jack Horner, right? The paleontologist and consultant for the Jurassic films. He recently talked about how the films got things wrong when compared to real dinosaurs. The first issue he talked about was how we don't necessarily know how the dinosaurs sounded. Um, and he says, Dinosaurs gave rise to birds, and birds sing. I think most of the dinosaurs actually sang rather than growled. He also said, We don't even really know what they looked like. Our whole idea of how dinosaurs looked are changing all the time. We know that meat-eating dinosaurs, including Tyrannosaurus, were feathered and they were more colorful. He even went on to talk about the well-contended point in the community. I was getting tired of the T-Rex, so I had them put a Spinosaurus in there. We put it in to fight the T-Rex because it's a lot bigger than the T-Rex. T-Rex has a 12,000 pound bite force. He doesn't eat fish, he crushes bones. So there's a few uh, other cool points that he details in the article, so I highly suggest you find the link to abc.net.au in our show notes. This one comes from Star2.com. They've recently sat down with Chip Kidd, the designer behind the Jurassic Park silhouette from the novel we all know and love. The article talks about his wide range of work designing book covers and also touches on the T-Rex diagram that inspired the image we've come to know. Make sure to go read the awesome article to learn about the designer and his amazing ability even outside of Jurassic Park. So check out the link in our show notes. The recent outburst of news pertaining to Jurassic World 2 has hit new heights. There wasn't much going on recently until a friend of the podcast, Fede, uncovered a tweet from at Abby M. Butler on Twitter stating, And in more good news, I hear Jurassic World 2 are set to be filming in London, so hopefully I'll be able to get involved. So obviously after a bunch of retweets and digging, she came forward mentioning that the information was coming from an article in a UK newspaper. The UK Sun produced a small segment from Dan Wooten where he said, I've learned the sequel to Jurassic World is going to be shot in the city next year. Location bosses have secretly been scouting areas perfect for dinosaurs to wreak havoc. A film insider told me, London is the preferred choice. Other locations are being considered, but a city as historic as London would look immense on the big screen being destroyed destroyed by the dinosaurs. Now, no one knows where the info came from or how reputable the source is, but if it is based in London, I really doubt that this would include destroying the city. It's just not Jurassic to me. It doesn't feel right. Um, we've obviously gotten one portion of a Jurassic film based in a city with the Lost World, uh, but there really wasn't a ton of destruction. Uh, nothing really along the lines of, say, Man of Steel or Avengers. So I can't really imagine them destroying London in, in you know inside a Jurassic film. Uh, let's just hope that if it is accurate and if they are filming in London, I imagine it will be either some exterior shots filming the city or maybe something that's just to set up an interior shot. Uh, but nothing with destruction or dinosaurs. That's my hope. Um, but, you know, who knows where the creators are going I hope they're not going that route. Uh, do What do you think about this recent rumor? Do you think it's true? Do you think they're going to destroy London in the new Jurassic World film? Let us know. 
After producing some of the most recognizable films in history, CinemaCon will be awarding Frank Marshall with the Filmmaker of the Decade Award in April. This is truly a deserved award as Frank has Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, the Bourne series, Jurassic World, and a whole slew of films that we all know and love under his belt. Now, Frank is continuing his reign producing films with even more Jurassic, Indiana Jones, other Spielberg films, um, Assassin's Creed, and more Bourne coming our way soon. Congrats to Frank Marshall on the recognition, and I can't wait to see what else 2016 brings for Frank. Oh, there it is. There it is. segment this week, I just wanted to feature a few clips from the Jurassic World exhibition. I'll save the good stuff for when it comes to the States later this year, but for now, let's take a listen to some of the highlights. We'll go off the beaten path behind the scenes, visiting parts of the park not open to the general public. Look for me at information stations throughout the park and to ensure your safety. I'll be keeping an eye on you from here in the control room. It's going to be an exciting day. One I doubt you'll ever forget. Welcome to Jurassic World. For example, if these packies hear the park's T-Rex roar, they will become noticeably upset as they recognize the potential threat. cannot wait for this thing to come here and for me to check it out myself um, I'll make sure to grab a bunch of video and audio for you at that time but for now make sure to find the link to the video in the show notes in this clip from Mashable we'll take a listen to what Jurassic Park would be like as a nature documentary check it out
unmeasurable nature invites you to an incredible island where life finds a way. Welcome to the world of dinosaurs. Meet Little Tail. Be there for her birth. Watch as she takes her first steps. And follow her journey as she discovers the world. From Mashable Nature comes a story we all live of being born, growing up, and surviving in a dangerous world. Mashable Nature's Raptors. Spoofing a Disney nature film, Mashable assembled some clips here from the film to feel like a true nature documentary, and it's obviously better seen than heard, so go check out the show notes for a link to the video. Dodson! Dodson! We've got Dodson here! You just went and made a new dinosaur? This past week, some of the members of the community were interested in finding a new actor for the role of Dodgson. Due to the original actor's inability to reprise the role, the role would have to be recast. Now, many inside the fan community have been hoping he'll reemerge in Jurassic World 2. Um, and now, you know, many people have said, oh, well, this character died in the books. But of course, we know the books in the film are not canon with each other. You know, they have their own canon. So the character lives on in the film universe. So, of course, I opened it up via Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to amass a list of qualified actors for the role. Now, the list originally contained 16 actors, which held the likes of Woody Harrelson, Michael Papajohn, Brian Cranston, Clark Gregg, Bob Odenkirk, Gary Oldman, Kiefer Sutherland, and many, many more. You know, some of which looked like the original character in Jurassic Park, and others that are just plainly amazing actors that would fit the role. Now, we took to Twitter to post the polls for the listeners to vote on, and after six different polls, the voters narrowed down the competition to Woody Harrelson and Bob Odenkirk. Now, the race was insanely close, but Bob Odenkirk edged out Woody Harrelson 51% to 49%. You thief! Takes one to know one, doesn't it? took it? How did you take it? A good magician never reveals his secrets. Now, here's what we're going to do. Oh, you don't tell us what to do. You stole from us. We'll, we will have you arrested. I, I can see how upset you are. And even on a good day, you and logic are... But think about what you just said. Criminals have no recourse, and you two, you're criminals. Big time. Um, I really think Bob Odenkirk is probably the best choice for this role. Um, he is great at playing a slimeball character, you know, somebody that you just love to despise. And I think his qualities perfectly personify Dodgson. Um, plus, you know, he does look a lot like you'd expect Dodgson to look after 23 years. Um, so luckily, 
The role of Dachshund was so tiny in the first film that a recast really wouldn't make such a big deal when it comes to Jurassic World 2. So hopefully we get to see something along these lines, if not Bob Odenkirk himself. Now, I gotta thank at Crisscross Media for mentioning Bob Odenkirk when I uh, asked for actors on Instagram. Now, as soon as he mentioned it, I knew it would be a perfect fit, and apparently most of you thought the same. Hopefully you all enjoyed the poll this past week, and I'd love to hear what you think about Bob Odenkirk in the role of Lewis Dodgson. Send in your emails or give our voicemail line a call and let us know, and we'll make sure to feature it in an upcoming episode. You shouldn't use my name. Dodgson! Dodson, we've got Dodson here. See, nobody cares. Nice hat. You're trying to look like a secret agent. I'm not a computer nerd. I prefer to be called a hacker. Aren't you supposed to be a genius or something? I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Dendry. Incorporating all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here. And there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? This week, I have three great submissions from the listeners. Let's take a listen to the first one sent into our email, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Fede sent in an audio recording of himself, so let's take a listen. Hi, Brad. I'm Fede here again. I wanted to ask you about the acting in Jurassic Park series. I mean, what is, in your opinion, your favorite actor or actress for each movie? And what is uh, the best... Which is the best acting scene for each movie? Thank you again. See you on Twitter. Absolutely great question, Fede. Um, I think we have some of the most uh, amazing actors and actresses to choose from throughout the series and some really incredible moments. So let's start off with the original film. Um, and I think I'd have to pick Richard Attenborough. I think his range is incredible in the film. You know, he goes from a chipper old man to angry to delusional to overconfident. And uh, I think he ends up horrified all in one film. Um, it's really believable. Everything he does, his emotions, they're all so believable. And I think it makes you connect with him right off the bat. Um, as far as the best scene acted in that film, it'd have to be the flea circus scene. You know, the first attraction I ever built when I came down from Scotland was a flea circus, Petticoat Lane. Really? Quite wonderful. We had uh, a wee trapeze and a, a medica, um, car- carousel. And a seesaw. They all move, motorized, of course, but uh, people would say they could see the fleas. Oh, I can see the fleas, mummy, can't you see the fleas? Clown fleas and high wire fleas and fleas on parade. This place, I wanted to show them something that wasn't an illusion, something that was real. Something that they could see and touch. An aim not devoid of merit. I really think it has to be the best acted scene in probably the entire series. Um, I really can't think of one specific moment that's better than that one. Uh, Let's move on here to The Lost World. I'd have to go with, um, let's see, Pete Postlethwaite. 
um, because basically every scene he is in could be considered incredible. Uh, two that come to mind, obviously, would be the rant you know, to Ludlow inside the truck on the game trail, and uh, also his exit from the company of death at the end. Cancel that order. What? Why? This is a game trail, Mr. Ludlow. Carnivores hunt on game trails. Do you want to set up base camp or a buffet? Let's find a new spot, shall we? Over and out. Peter, if you want me to run your little camping trip, there are two conditions. Firstly, I'm in charge, and when I'm not around, Dieter is. All you need to do is sign the checks, tell us we're doing a good job, and open your case of scotch when we have a good day. Second condition, my fee. You can keep it. All I want in exchange for my services is the right to hunt one of the Tyrannosaurs. A male, a buck only. How and why are my business. Now, if you don't like either of those two conditions, you're on your own. So go ahead, set up base camp right here, or in a swamp, or in the middle of a wreck's nest, for all I care. But I've been on too many safaris with rich dentists to listen to any more suicidal ideas. Okay. You know, I remember the people that helped me, Roland. There's a job for you at the park in San Diego if you want it. No, thank you. I believe I've spent enough time in the company of death. Moving on to Jurassic Park 3, I'd have to go with Sam Neill. Um, now, this movie was a tough one. I don't really think there's a ton of noteworthy performances. Um, you know, they all they all act fine and great. Um, but I think one that comes to mind is the scene between Grant and Eric, where Grant's talking about his theory on astronomers and astronauts. Sorry about Billy. You know what the last thing I said to him was? as bad as the people that built this place which wasn't true Billy was just young that's all I have a theory that there are two kinds of boys there are those that want to be astronomers and those that want to be astronauts the astronomer the paleontologist gets to gets to study these amazing things from a place of complete safety but then you never get to go into space Exactly. It's the difference between imagining and seeing, be able to touch them. That's that's all that Billy wanted. You know, at that moment, Grant is reflecting on the supposed death of Billy, and he really comes to the realization that Billy was not as bad as the people who built Jurassic Park. I think it's a sentimental moment. And uh, probably one of his best acted scenes throughout the entire series as well. For Jurassic World, um, I think I'd have to go with B.D. Wong. You know, he does a fantastic job of straddling the line between evil and uh, just somebody doing his job. Um, You never know exactly which side of the line he falls on. Now, I think my favorite acted scene in that film would be the scene with uh, Mizrani. You know that I'm not at liberty to reveal the asset's genetic makeup. Modified animals are known to be unpredictable. Just kill people, Henry. That's unfortunate. What purpose could we have for a dinosaur that can camouflage? Cuttlefish genes were added to help her withstand an accelerated growth rate. Cuttlefish have chromatophores that allow the skin to change color. It hid from thermal technology. 
Really? How is that possible? Tree frogs can modulate their infrared output. We use strands from their DNA to adapt her to a tropical climate, but I never imagined... Who authorized you to do this? You did. Bigger. Scarier. Um, cooler, I believe, is the word that you use in your memo. You cannot have an animal with exaggerated predator features without the corresponding behavioral traits. What you're doing here, what you have done. The board will shut down this park, seize your work, everything you've built. And Hammond won't be there to protect you this time. All of this exists because of me. If I don't innovate, somebody else will. You are to cease all activities here immediately. You are acting like we are engaged in some kind of mad science. But we are doing what we have done from the beginning. Nothing in Jurassic World is natural. We have always filled gaps in the genome with the DNA of other animals. And if their genetic code was pure, many of them would look quite different. But you didn't ask for reality. You asked for more teeth. I never asked for a monster. Monster is a relative term. To a canary, a cat is a monster. We're just used to being the cat. Uh, he convinces Mizrani that the destruction is all his fault due to the demand of the theme park monster. You know, Mizrani wanted Wu to create this thing. He wanted more teeth. He wanted something that was crazier and, and scarier. Um, and that's what he got. So, you know, essentially it is all Mizrani's fault. And B.D. Wong played it up perfectly. Um, you know, he, he plays the character so well. And the transition from what he came from in Jurassic Park to what he is now, it makes sense. And I believe it as a character. Um, and you just really can't tell if he's good or if he's bad. And I think that's what's great about his character. Hopefully I summed it up well. Um, like I said, there are so many great people to choose from in these films. And I could probably give you a scene for each and every character. Um, but uh, I'd like to hear what you have to say and said. So send in another message sometime and uh, let me know. And I'd also love to hear what everybody else thinks as well. So send in your emails and voicemails and uh, let us know about the acting within the series. Next up, we got an email from Travis. It's a long one, but it's worth a listen, and it's pretty funny. Hey, I just found the podcast a few weeks ago, and I've been enjoying the regular and varied franchise updates. I wanted to put in my thoughts on what the upcoming sequel might be. Jurassic World, The Zookeeper 2. This film serves as a dual sequel for Universal's Jurassic World and Happy Madison's Kevin James feature, Zookeeper. After everyone leaves the island, Kevin James misses the uh, Isla Nublar evacuation after accidentally shooting himself in the foot with a low-dose tranquilizer. After waking up and seeing that everybody has left, his big heart makes him decide to stay behind and take care of the animals, who eventually attack and humiliate him brutally every day. Someone has to feed the Mosasaurus great white sharks now that there aren't any millennial personal assistants around, but don't expect things to go smoothly. Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard show up in a helicopter after becoming aware of Kevin James' cute viral YouTube videos of trained dinosaurs on the island. Will they be able to convince him to return to civilization? Or will he make a difference in the lives of terrible lizards? Okay, so maybe that's not what will happen. The original four films do a great job of varying the scenario. Though some people level unfair criticisms, each is different. 
The original has the original park and the inevitable chaos. The second ups the ante, taking place on an island without any barriers and then the mainland, as ethics and selfish industry continue to battle. The third has a twist, as Grant is conned into rescuing a child stranded after some foolish tourist antics, and then Jurassic World, the beautiful payoff in making the park work, but chaos that reasserts itself with crowded facilities. After these films, how do you do something different and satisfying? What was already built into Jurassic World's plot? Why would Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard need to reprise their roles? I think they are setting up something along these lines. The military storyline in Jurassic World has to be a major player in the next film, hinting at other facilities where Dr. Henry Wu might continue his work. Other locations where less ethically restrictive governments might encourage more significant application of the technology for military purposes. Now, I don't know whether they would do it, but I picture something along the lines of Resident Evil with a subterranean hive or other uniquely isolated central compounds somewhere on the mainland. I'm picturing Russia or China. Mere behavioral training was clearly unreliable for creating military tools, but advances in tech might allow computer-based mind control. The US government gets intel on this, and they seek out the individuals who would know the most about Wu and what has already taken place at Jurassic World. This is where Chris and Bryce fit in. Somehow they get roped into finding slash going to the facility. They find it, maybe even get attacked by militant dinosaurs controlled by the shady organization, and then successfully sabotage the operation in attempt to escape with something along the lines of an EMP that wipes out all the equipment controlling the dinosaurs. And then all hell breaks loose. Everybody tries their best to get out alive. Of course, most don't do a very good job. Genetically tampered dinosaurs scatter out into the world at the end as Chris and Bryce fly out in a helicopter. Good or bad, maybe this would happen. Who knows? Thanks for all your work on the podcast. Hey, Travis, thanks so much for the great email and for taking the time to listen. I always love hearing from new listeners. Um, Now, of course, I really liked your Kevin James premises. I could totally see that being a real film. Maybe not set in the Jurassic Park series, but uh, it it could be hilarious in its own right. Um, Of course, I'd hate to see the series go to that direction, if at all possible, but obviously I doubt it. Um, But, uh, you know, who really knows? We don't know what direction uh, this film will be going or where where it'll go from here. Um, But like you said, they have laid out a few clues And uh, many of us do assume that the military storyline will continue and uh, they will have facilities around the world that will hold newly created dinosaurs. Um, But that brings up your point about Owen and Claire. Uh, How do they get roped into this plot? I really like your idea. Your premise there, it works. I think I could see them doing something along those lines. You really have to tie in um, Owen and Claire personally to the story somehow. Uh, But I really hope they don't feel shoehorned into a plot that really doesn't make sense for them. Uh, You know, what in the world are Claire and Owen doing that a Navy SEAL tactical team couldn't do? You know, it's a tough call, uh, but I really feel we have the right people working on it. Thanks again for the email, and I definitely want you to write in again once we get more details on the plot. Thanks, Travis. Now we have one last one here. It's not pertaining to Jurassic Park, uh, but I wanted to cover it anyway. Um, I'm going to jump in halfway through the voicemail here, so take a listen. And also, on a side note, aside from Jurassic Park, 
I don't know if you've seen Batman versus Superman to, yet, but uh, just got out of it today, and it is an absolutely amazing movie. So, just want to let you know, you're you're probably going to enjoy it um, if you haven't already seen it. That's all I want to let you know, man. Uh, hope you have a wonderful day, and I will see you soon, man. All right, have a good one. Bye. Hey, man, it's good to hear from you. Uh, thanks so much for bringing up Batman versus Superman. Um, now, I went out and saw it on opening night. I was pretty excited to see it, even after being lukewarm about Man of Steel. Uh, something about the ending of that just had way too much destruction for me. Uh, but aside from that, I really enjoyed that film. Uh, before I talk about this film, um, I think so much of the public and the critics had already predetermined that they'd hate this film. Um, you can see it on the internet. So that once the, uh, once the film actually came out, they just destroyed it in their, in their reviews. Um, and I would say that predetermination you know, about a film totally changes your view while you're watching it on the screen. So, um, of course, I don't like that theory. I like going in unsullied without seeing any trailers or reading the reviews. Of course, I knew a little bit about the film. But by the time I actually came out of the theater, I was thrilled. I, uh, I kind of loved it. Um, you know, the film has many issues, uh, some severely strange sequences that I, I still don't understand fully, and a real big difference between the characters that we actually have known for all this time, you know, Batman and Superman. They're very different than we've come to expect, um, but I just, I can't help but love this film for some reason. Um, and I, I tend to give the universe the benefit of the doubt. You know, we have so many more movies coming our way with all these characters. And I, I just really hope that the hate for this film kind of dies down. You know, we've seen that a lot with films recently, like Jurassic World, where, you know, people love it. Uh, and then all of a sudden, tons of people hate it. And I just kind of hate that. Um, hopefully we can uh, calm everybody down, get some people to like this film, uh, because it's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, so really, this portion of the episode here, I just wanted to, to put it out there, put some good hype out there for the film, instead of all the harsh reviews and overcritical barrage of hate for the Snyder film. I'd suggest everybody heads out to the theaters, gives this film a shot, you know, have fun with it. Uh, don't take it too seriously, you know, it's just a film we're talking about here. Uh, but anyway, thanks again, man, for the voicemail, and I uh, hope to hear from you again soon. If you have anything to say, send us an email to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or even better, you can either send us an audio recording or give our voicemail a call. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening to the 44th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I want to thank everybody who submitted actors to vote on in the Dodgson poll and to those who participated in the voting. I had a great time putting that poll together and I really loved seeing the reaction to the winner, Bob Odenkirk. I also want to thank Fede, Travis, and Justice Steele for submitting to our listener segment this week. Hopefully everybody listening sends in emails and voicemails just like they did because I really love hearing from each and every one of you. Also, don't forget to check out the newest Jurassic World 3D Project commentary that I've uploaded to YouTube. You can get a glimpse at the project updates before the release on April 1st. I'll post the link in the show notes and share it online. If you want to interact with us, 
We do most of our work over on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast. And our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and YouTube, or really at wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get the new episodes each and every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review in iTunes or a glowing review wherever you listen to the podcast. It will seriously help our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. We're usually spotted commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to check out our show notes for all the links. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, segment ideas, pictures, top tens, or comments to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. Or you can even text us. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.